welcome to the Saga of Japan podcast. Episode 1, Creation. We begin thousands of years ago, when according to Japanese mythology and folklore, the deities in the heavens above created Izanagi and Izanami. These two were the last couple in a series of deities, and as such they were given heavenly mandate to bring form to the earth and make it habitable. Izanagi, the male of the couple, thrust Ame no Nuboko, or heavenly jeweled spear, into the ocean. Using it to churn the waters, he withdrew his weapon, and small droplets of water fell. Where they landed created the first island of Japan, Onagorishima. The couple, descending from the heavens down to the island, began a ceremony that would result in intercourse. From this, several deformed children were born. The first child, Hiroko, which means leech child, was placed in a small boat made out of reeds and dragged away by the current. Later, Hiroko would be known as the god of fishermen, luck, and one of the seven gods of fortune. The second child was the island Awashima, literally meaning island of foam. The couple, devastated, consulted with the elder gods, who had given them their original mandate. It was explained that in their procreating ritual, the woman must speak second. Taking this advice, the two began to successfully procreate and gave birth to a series of eight islands called Oyashima, which translates to, get this, eight large islands. Of course, we must remember the actual archipelago of Japan consists of 6,852 islands, of which around 430 are inhabited. Among these islands, Izanami also gave birth to Kagasuchi, the Shinto god of fire. During his birth, his mother was burned so badly that she would die. Izanagi, infuriated, took his sword and beheaded the newborn, cutting the body into pieces and scattering them. These pieces would eventually become volcanoes. In another source, Izanami also bears one more child before dying, the water god Mizuhame who is instructed by her mother to restrain and stop Kagasuchi if he becomes violent. Izanagi, racked with grief, is not willing to let Izanami his love go. And so he descends to Yomi, the world of darkness. This is the afterlife, as explained by the Kojiki. We must not be mistaken, this is no heaven or paradise. This is a dark and terrible hell where it does not matter what good or bad deeds you accomplished in life. Fans of Greek mythology will recognize similarities with the tale of Orpheus, who descended down to Hades to retrieve his deceased wife. When Izanagi found Izanami, before she could leave, she had to ask permission to leave. This would not be possible, for she had already eaten the food of Yomi. Anyone who consumes the food of the underworld was forever bound to it. She instructs Izanagi not to look at her before they leave. Much like Orpheus, who looked back at his wife just before they left, Izanagi is unable to stop himself and uses his hair to create a flame to gaze at her. Instead of the lovely, beautiful goddess he had known in life, her flesh was now heavily decomposed and filled with maggots. To be seen this way brought great shame to Izanami, and she immediately tried to capture Izanagi, who she felt had betrayed her by breaking the promise not to look. Chased by a horde of undead, underworld hags, 
Izanagi manages to escape by distracting them, leaving food in his trail such as grapes, and also using peaches that had been blessed to ward the hags off. Once he escapes the entrance of Yomi, he places a massive stone slab across it, forever barring the entrance and severing his union with his deceased wife. When Izanagi returns from Yomi, he cleanses himself with a purification wash. Washing the dirt of Yomi out of his left eye, Amaterasu, the Shinto deity of the sun and ancestor to all Japanese emperors, is born. From his right eye, Tsukiyomi, deity of the moon, was also born. Finally, the washing of his nose led to the birth of Susanoo, god of storm and seas. Amaterasu, Susanoo, and Tsukiyomi do not get along, to say the least, with many conflicts between the three. This explains, if you think about it, why they are rarely seen together in the heavens. And thus, we have the origins of the land of the rising sun. These tales are important, and certainly not entirely a creation of the inhabitants of Japan. For example, Izanagi and Izanami share extraordinary similarities with yin and yang. Amaterasu, the sun goddess, is the progeny of the imperial line of Japan, much like how the Korean imperial family also descended from a sun deity. It's during this period that traditional Japanese mythology places their first emperor, Jimu. We read about Jimu and his predecessors in the two texts you are going to hear a lot for the first season of this podcast. The Nihon Shoki, sometimes called the Nihongi, in English, the Japanese Chronicles, and the Kojiki, in English, an account of ancient matters. While he is supposed to have lived during this period, there is some serious, well-earned doubt about Jimu's very existence. The legend goes that he was a descendant of Amaterasu and Susanoo, and the youngest of four sons. During a migration east being led by his brother, an enemy named Nagasunehiko, the long-legged man, battles with him and kills his older brother, forcing Jimu to take up the mantle of leadership. A three-legged crow would be sent from the heavens to help guide Jimu, as his people migrated to southern Honshu, their destination of Yamato. This three-legged crow is still used as a symbol to this day, even appearing on the uniform of the Japanese national soccer team. Important to note is the number of legs appears to be a later addition, as the earliest versions of the Nihon Shoki and the Kojiki do not specify any number of legs. Now, when or why this was added is not known. Speaking of legs, in the migration they encounter their old adversary, Nagasunehiko, the murderer of Jimu's older brother. With the assistance of his trusted longbow and the guidance of the three-legged crow, Jimu kills Nagasunehiko. Victorious, Jimu scales a mountain in Nara to view their new home. When he looks down at the land below, he sees the shape of the islands, and he names the land Akatsushima, Dragonfly Islands, which is a legitimately cool name. Jimu would be the first emperor of Yamato, ruling over his people until dying at the age of 126. All emperors, including the current one, trace their ancestry back to him. That being said, we must remember that few scholars believe in the historical accuracy of the legend of Jimu. 
These accounts are filled with obviously mythological examples that I may cover in future episodes, perhaps as a supplemental episode. But oftentimes, there is a vein of truth to them in some form. I will leave you with one example. In the Nihon Shoki, there is a princess who falls in love with a mountain kami or god. Having only been with him at night, she asks him to let her see him. He agrees and tells her that tomorrow he will be in her toiletries case. He warns her not to be scared or surprised. The next morning, she opens the case to find a snake. Not quite the lover she was picturing. She is frightened, understandably so, but the kami is still infuriated. He changes from his snake form into a human one and yells at her for not following his directions. He runs off back to the mountain, and the princess was so ruined by this event and so devastated that she stabbed herself to death with chopsticks. According to the legend, she was buried in a mound grave that today is known as Chopstick Grave which is at the base of Mount Miwa. Next time, we will begin to unravel the geography and archaeology of Japan and try our best to separate mythology from fact when it comes to the oldest dynasty in the world. <laughs>